Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 115 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Our summer nectar flow is about to begin, but this week I've had to contend with some sneaky and grumpy bees. Listen in for stuff you just don't find in the books. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm grateful to Honeypore Hives for sponsoring in part our podcast for this season. Honeypore Hives, as I'm sure you're aware, are Polly Langstroth Hives, and we're setting up an apiary full of their hives this season, courtesy of Honeypore. Check out their range of hives and other equipment on their website, and I'll leave links to all of the websites in the show notes as usual. Honeypore Hives, designed by beekeepers for beekeepers. Before we get started this week, I wanted to say a quick hello and thank you to the team that moderate my Facebook group, Stuart's Beekeeping Basics. The Facebook group was set up to give new beekeepers the opportunity to ask those beginner questions in a safe environment where they're not going to get shot down by know-it-all beekeepers who find it amusing to harangue new beekeepers and give them a hard time. The trouble is, there are always beekeepers out there that get their kicks out of talking down to new beekeepers, and that's where the moderators come in. If you're new to beekeeping and want to chat to other beekeepers about your beginning beekeeping journey in a controlled and safe environment, then do give it a look. I also find there are beekeepers who've started their own YouTube channels and seem to think it's okay to piggyback on the back of the hard work that we've put in and promote their own channels and products in my group. While I'm not against sharing knowledge, I do think they should make the effort of creating their own platform to promote their content and not try to take shortcuts using someone else's hard work. So thank you to the team of moderators that helped me with the policing of the Facebook group. So it's raining again. Welcome to the great British summer. We're so lucky to have such a variable climate here in the UK with seasonal changes creating something different in the landscape as the months go by. The rain is actually very welcome, perfectly timed in fact for all of the summer flowering plants that our honeybees will be foraging on over the next five or six weeks. Remember the plants need the water in order to produce a decent amount of nectar in order to tempt our pollinators, including my honeybees, onto their flowers to pollinate them and get a reward of nectar for doing so. This is, for me, the start of our summer nectar flow. Colonies are now in a variety of states, ranging from queenless, where they have swarmed, being occupied by a virgin queen that has recently emerged. Some have newly mated queens that have just started to lay eggs, and others, such as our skyscraper colony, seem to be ploughing on full steam ahead and doing just fantastically well. The flip side is we've discovered several colonies that have chronic bee paralysis virus, and I think I mentioned before that I'm going to follow a policy of destruction with these. I just don't want it spreading throughout my apiaries. Thinking back to the various colonies I currently have, I would say I have an average setup currently. Not everything is where I want it to be, and I have lost a few swarms from colonies that were totally unexpected. An interesting situation developed with the church cutout colony this week that uh, I wanted to share with you to give an example of how bees 
can completely flummox you as a beekeeper. Once again, I'm getting a little distracted with my podcast this week, but hopefully these situations will help inform you about the way beekeeping actually is and not how it often gets described as happening in the books. The wiggly inspections of the church colony have been going well. The colony has been building nicely. We grabbed a couple of drawn frames to supplement a nuke that I was introducing a new queen into a week or so back, and the colony has been busily drawing out the replacement foundation. So this colony was a swarm that found a home on the side of the church wall, if you remember, and it won't surprise you, maybe, that it's recently started to throw up a few queen cells. Initially with an egg, but more recently we've found developing larvae in them. Something I've found is that if you continually knock down queen cells in a hive and prevent them from swarming, the bees will ultimately find a way to catch you out. Maybe they'll hide a queen cell in a super or bury it deep in a corner somewhere so you can't see it. Incidentally, queen cells in supers are where workers have taken eggs through up into the super. The queen hasn't physically gone through and laid an egg in there because you've got your queen excluder in place. I once had a colony hide a queen cell in a large irregular shaped patch of drone brood. I missed it and they swarmed. Another little trick the bees will pull on you is instead of creating a queen cell and having the queen lay an egg in it, they'll create a queen cell and use very young larvae instead, thus messing up the beekeeper's mental time frame by several days. We all tend to think or are told that colonies swarm once they have sealed queen cells, and the reason we carry out weekly inspections is that it takes eight days for a queen cell to be capped over. So, if we inspect every seven days, we're going to see a nearly sealed queen cell. The bees won't have swarmed, and we can deal with it before they do. But, if they grab a very young larvae and create a queen cell with her, they're reducing the number of days until the queen cell is capped over by three days. That means they could swarm in five or six days, just before you step into the apiary to carry out your inspection. Or you might just step into the apiary and watch helplessly as a cloud of bees takes to the air as your precious colony swarms in front of your eyes. And guess what? The church colony, bless them, decided I was interfering with them too much, or they decided they didn't like being featured in the videos and took it upon themselves to swarm, just before I turned up to carry out my normal weekly inspections on all of the colonies in that apiary. As I drove round the corner of the apiary and parked the truck in the shade of the willows and ash trees, I watched as a cloud of bees that filled the air noisily went about their business of reproduction. It's a fascinating sight, even if it is rather depressing for us beekeepers. Thank goodness for clipped queens. I actually watched the queen emerge from the hive and attempt to fly away with the swarm. She launched herself off the front of the hive, made it about three feet away from the hive, and then spiralled down into the grass. A small group of bees followed her down onto the grass as well, but the majority went up into the air, circled around in a somewhat confused state for a minute or so, and then, as if by magic, all filed carefully back into the hive, trying to work out where on earth the queen had disappeared to. I know a lot of beekeepers are not keen on clipping queens, but I have to say that despite my best efforts this season, I'm pretty certain I would have lost somewhere in the region of a dozen swarms, if not for clipping. 
from a commercial honey production perspective, that's quite a saving in production numbers that will directly improve the amount of honey I produce this year. Meanwhile, in the long grass, our queen was climbing the grass to try to figure out what on earth was going on, an ideal opportunity to grab her and pop her back into the hive. A somewhat surprising move, granted, but at the time I had more pressing matters on my mind and I just wanted to secure her for a few minutes and, yes, I'd left my queen cages back at the unit. Thinking specifically about this colony, they had been inspected just the day before they swarmed. Several queen cells, those were open queen cells, had been removed and there certainly weren't any sealed queen cells in that hive at all. I suspect the additional inspections I'd given them probably made them think that they'd been interfered with enough and it was time to go. So how can we deal with this situation? Well, the first thing to do is to prevent them from swarming immediately again. Caging the queen would, of course, sort that out. But, well, we've already covered that point. Beekeeper incompetence wins out again. Maybe that's a bit harsh. Let's call it beekeeper forgetfulness. The second best option is to remove all the flying bees from the hive. That way, there wouldn't be any bees to try to swarm with the queen. How do you achieve this? Simple. Move the hive to another spot in the apiary and put a new hive on the stand of the old hive. As luck would have it, I did have all the necessary kit to do this, and I'm sure that some of you will already have identified what I'm doing here. It's an artificial swarm, of course. Having moved the original hive, I went about the other inspections in the apiary to give the church colony time for the flying bees to migrate back to their original hive position and reduce the number of bees in the original hive to make it easier to find the queen. Once I'd finished my inspections, I went back in and easily found the queen, freshly marked and clipped, as you may have seen in the videos. She was transferred onto a frame of emerging brood back into the original hive position, thus creating the artificial swarm. Now, the thing of this tale is, there were no sealed queen cells in the original hive at all, not a single one. There were two open queen cells, maybe around day four or five, but nothing else. There were visible eggs and everything looked perfectly normal, if that's a thing in beekeeping. It just goes to show you that beekeeping is a fascinating, frustrating, fantastic challenge, even at the best of times. I will need to go back into the now queenless colony to check for queen cells, leave just one and then let them alone for a few weeks to get her out, mated and laying, thus creating another colony. The old queen should settle back down and continue laying, but I suspect her offspring will always be swarmy, so we'll just have to bear that in mind. Of course, it means the loss of any honey crop from her this year, but the trade-off is a new colony. Changing the subject, have any of you found that your bees have become really nasty recently? We've been carrying out our regular inspections, and I have to say, some of the colonies have been particularly challenging. So why is that? What makes colonies that generally have been okay to inspect suddenly become monsters that ping against the veil and crawl to the elastic cuffs of my bee suit to get a better grip before stinging? Well, I don't think it's just that I have nasty bees. In fact, I would say the vast majority of my colonies this year have been pretty calm. So what's going on? Well, firstly, we've hit the June gap. 
And despite there being some forage out there for them, there's no way there's enough to compare to that fabulous spring flow that the colonies have enjoyed. And so this will make the bees grumpy for a start. Add to this the humid, thundery conditions that have been popping up recently, and there's another ingredient that will make the bees a little less friendly. Also, inspecting in cooler temperatures with a little rain in the air will also throw up a challenge for us, so I think the combination of weather conditions isn't helping. Finally, add to this the fact that I recently robbed them of their spring honey surplus, and that's probably the icing on the cake. Although I can't guarantee it, I think within the next week or so, when the weather settles and the summer nectar flow kicks in for real, we'll see the bees calming down again. It's never nice inspecting bees in these conditions, and if you don't have to, I would suggest maybe waiting for better weather. But as we've seen, the bees will take advantage and probably swarm. I hope your bees are doing well, and you've got them in a position to take advantage of the summer nectar flow. To get the very best out of a season, you always have to be thinking ahead. Right now, brood boxes should be full of brood in all stages, frames of sealed brood, eggs, a decent proportion of food stores, and a queen laying frame upon frame of eggs. If your colony is set up like that, and you're managing the swarming issues, you should be set for a great summer. The brood currently developing and emerging is going to be your foraging force for the summer and you'll enjoy the fruits of the hard work you've put in to get them to this position. Remember, workers take 21 days to emerge, so as the days tick by, you need to be thinking 21 days ahead. The conveyor of task management within the hive progresses as the bees mature and eventually get out foraging, but they don't simply emerge and head out into the world to gather nectar and pollen. What does happen, however, is as new bees emerge to carry out the tasks within the protected environment of the hive, the more mature workers will move on to duties such as foraging. So each bee emerging now, in effect, adds to the foraging force in their own right. If you have been unfortunate enough to have suffered a recent swarm, maybe in the last two or three weeks, you may find you have no brood of any kind in your brood box right now. I know I have a couple like this. The impact of this is there's a break in the workforce. Those eggs now being laid have 21 days until emergence, and that puts us well into July, missing the peak of the summer flow. I find here in Norfolk the last week of July sees a tap turned off and the nectar dries up almost overnight, so it looks like I have five more weeks or so. Remove three of those weeks of developing brood, and that leaves just two weeks of reduced foraging. Not much honey to be produced there, especially if you don't have drawn comb in your supers. Hopefully that's not the case, and you have a vigorous, thriving colony, supers with frames of drawn comb ready to be filled, and lovely calm bees to inspect through the rest of our active season. I'm looking forward to just that, and also some mid-season queen rearing, if only I can get my act together. Now, where did I put those queen cages? Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast, and do keep the comments coming. Please do take a look at the extra content available on my Patreon page. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Yeah.